hello, and welcome, my Force-sensitive friends, to the 52nd-ever full episode of Holy Star Wars. I'll just apologize right off the bat. I don't have my pop filter, so you might hear some annoying little poppy sounds. I apologize. But, you know, we'll make do. Well, this week, we're back. We're continuing with our journey through the Clone Wars with Season 1, Episodes 11 and 12, Dooku Captured and the Gungan General. I think we're going to call this the... Dooku captured Ark. Alongside those pieces of Star Wars, we'll be getting into an incredible legend once again from another piece of fiction. That's right. We're talking about a tale of two lovers from Avatar The Last Airbender. You know, the Secret Tunnels song. Yeah, that one. <laughs> we'll tackle both these stories through the theme of captivity this week. There's two kinds of captivity. There's physical captivity when somebody is entrapped and cannot escape. And there's emotional captivity, which is the same concept, just with mental boundaries, not physical ones. This two-episode Clone Wars arc, we see characters being captured willy-nilly. It starts with Anakin intentionally getting himself captured by Dooku aboard his ship so that Obi-Wan could sneak on board and rescue him and attempt to capture Dooku themselves. But then all, they all end up getting crashed on Vancorn being, in a way, captive to the planet and their inability to leave. Dooku willingly allows himself to be captured. Is it willingly? I think so. Debatable, I guess. But willingly allows himself to be captured by Hondo Anaka. Bless him. Thank God he's coming to the show now. And his crew. Anakin and Obi-Wan are captured for real by Hondo after trying to strike a deal to trade spice for Dooku. Then, towards the end, Jar Jar and a dispatch of clone ca clones capture some Weequay tanks, and Obi-Wan opts intentionally not to capture Hondo at the end to prove he is honor and has no gripe with the pilot, pirate leader. Each of these instances of captivity are physical. Whether they were intentional or unintentional, they all result in losses of autonomy over body. But physical captivity is not really nearly as interesting as emotional captivity. In the last Airbender episode, The Cave of Two Lovers, we hear a story about a different kind of captivity. I'll start by just letting you listen to the song. Forget the next couple lines, but uh, there it goes. Secret tunnel, secret tunnel, through the mountain. Secret, 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 secret tunnel. Yeah. God, just bless that song and this show. It's oh my god, it's one of my favorite pieces of art ever created. Anyway. Basically, it's the classic tale of two lovers who are captive, not physically, but captive nonetheless to the war around them and the arrogance of their families. Uma and Shu are captives of their own circumstances, of their families, and of their times. The full story goes that Uma and Shu were from warring tribes, but totally in love, so they would meet at the top of the mountain between their villages in secret. They learned the art of earthbending from the badger moles that lived inside the mountain and carved secret tunnels that were designed for any intruders to be lost forever. One day, though, she was killed in battle, and Uma exacted a devastating revenge on both villages, forcing them to end the war. From there, Uma had both cities build a new one together that was named Omashu in the two lovers' memory. <laughs> <laughs> 
I bet that story had you captivated, huh? Oma and Shu were so captive to their... Get it? Funny. Haha. <laughs> captivated. Oma and Shu were so captive to their circumstances that Shu was killed because, in spite of loving Oma, he still had to fight in the war against her lo- his lover's people nonetheless. But his death was eventually the impetus of Oma breaking the shackles of her captivity, using her earthbending to end the war and establish the city of Omashu. There's something about captivity where a teacher once taught me the captive can only be free when they have shaken off their chains themselves. While tied together, Dooku, Obi-Wan, and Anakin are nearing escape when Dooku's chain is blasted separate from the Jedi. He goes free and is able to kill the worst of the pirates and escape. Not before having his life saved, however, by Obi-Wan. Dooku may physically be free now, but there's no way he has been freed of the emotional captivity of the pain and anger and evil that has consumed him since becoming a Sith. He may not be wrong always when it comes to the policies of the ga- politics of the galaxy, but Palpatine has him captive in some twisted thoughts and ways of being. He will never be free until his moment of realization before Anakin kills him in Episode 3, no matter how he's treated by Obi-Wan, because he is unwilling to free himself. The people of the two villages were not liberated of their senseless war and hatred because Oma earthbended at them all. They were shook of their shackles because they chose to band together and build Omashu. It was that healing act that took them from captivity. I'm also interested in the difference between Obi-Wan's mental captivity and Anakin's mental captivity. In this arc, Anakin is a, Anakin's is a parent. He wants his master to drop Dooku and let him die. He doesn't understand why they're not taking Hondo captive. He's captive to his anger and his hot-headed emotion. Sometimes, of course, this serves him well. It gets him out of trouble a lot of times and allows him to see through the shallowness of the Jedi and the Republic, for that matter. But, of course... This captivity to his emotion and, his negative, and, and the negative ones in particular is what turned Anakin to the dark side, and no amount of love from Obi-Wan or Padme could save him. Yes, in Episode 6, Luke's love is what finally pulls the light back out of Anakin, but he's only ultimately redeemed because he chooses to kill Palpatine. The redemption would not have happened or not have been nearly the same effect had Luke been the one to slay the Emperor. We can only be free from captivity when we're the ones to set ourselves free. Otherwise, our releaser is only set to be the captor anew. I hope we can learn from this ex- example how to both recognize our own captivity and how to push others towards their own liberation. We can never set others completely free for them. We can only do that for ourselves. So let's work together to lift each other up and push each other towards our own liberations, whatever may be holding us captive. But of course, that's just my opinion, and I would love to hear yours. Let me know what you think of today's episode via email at holystarwars@gmail.com or on Twitter at holy underscore star underscore wars. We love hearing your thoughts and engaging on Twitter, so let's get to it. I'll be doing another Clone Wars episode next week, taking on Season 1, Episodes 13 and 14. The episode's names are Jedi Crash and Defenders of Peace. No myth or legend picked yet. I'm waiting till after Rebels finale on Monday, but I suspect the theme will be a very relevant one. I wanted to do Attachment, but I did it over the summer in episode 25 on the missing R2 arc and Aboriginal myth and Ghana, so we'll see. Maybe it'll be goodbyes. Stay tuned and find out. Thanks for listening, and let's get to our liberations. <laughs>